We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is my second coach I've gotten to interview. I interviewed uh, Dutch Gately uh, a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah, Dutch is good people. Yeah, he, so. he, he told me to ask you uh, before we get started here. Uh, oh, geez. look a lot. <laughs> he said, ask him how he likes uh, Jake Busey. Oh, that, <laughs> that's a, that is a funny story. I, I get that a lot as the lookalike. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why or how, or for whatever reason, but that was a, a Dutch Gately original that somehow stuck. Yeah. I had to look him up. I didn't, I mean, I recognize the last name, but I did not know who that guy was. So I, I get him. Uh, and then actually when we were out at Vegas for summer league, I got the, uh, people were thinking I was like Mike Miller. Blue wire. First pick in the 1991 NBA draft. The Charlotte Hornets select Larry Johnson from University I'm not supposed of to be here, man. A lot of people from where I'm from, so don't, don't make it. We're back. All right, welcome back to another BuzzBeat, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. This is Richie, and we have a special guest joining us today. We have the head coach of the Greensboro Swarm and the most recent head coach of the Charlotte Hornets Summer League team, Jordan Surenkamp. I appreciate the time. How's everything going on your end? Uh, it's been great. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Excited to, to talk with you. Just, you know, had a week off after summer league, kind of recharged, decompressed a little bit, and now back in the gym every day with our guys. So it's an exciting time getting ready for the season. Very good. Uh, I'm not sure how many conversations you've had with Steve Clifford up to this point, but how have those initial conversations gone with him and just like his overall demeanor heading into this season? Yeah, he's he's been awesome. And we've had quite a few conversations. We talk every day. He's in the building every day. You know, when I... Uh, found out I was going to be the head coach of summer league, you know, him and I had meetings every day leading up to camp and things like that. So he's been, um, fantastic to this point, not only with me, but with the rest of the staff, with the players that are all coming through, you know, building those important relationships now, uh, as we get started for the season, um, and just providing a lot of guidance and a lot of structure on kind of what his expectations are and, uh, what he's looking forward to, you know, as we move forward into training camp and stuff like that. But the conversations are all super positive. He's an awesome individual to be around, and um, he definitely brings a lot of energy to the facility when he's in there. So it's been awesome so far. Yeah, so this is the second stint here in Charlotte. I'm, uh, Hornets fans are very familiar with him, but I actually want to learn more about you as a basketball coach. And I'm sure with 
anytime you're a coach, you just jump at the new opportunity. But I, I want to start with South Alabama and how that eventually led to where you are today. Uh, you were a graduate assistant there. Uh, looking back, you worked with Coach Matthew Graves, and eventually you became the director of basketball operations. If you were to think about one or two things, like a takeaway from your time at the University of South Alabama that you still think about or you still use today, what would that be? You know, the biggest thing from, you know, Coach Graves and the opportunity he gave me and the rest of the staff that I worked with there was uh, the importance of attention to detail and being able to really have joy in what you do every single day. And that's something that he was able to teach me very early on, just the importance of having meaning and purpose for everything you do. Uh, that was an extremely important lesson that I still use uh, to this day. And then the importance of just valuing relationships and the people you work with. And that's something that uh, was extremely important to me uh, when I took that opportunity. You know, he took me under his wing. The coaching staff there took me under their wings uh, and I learned a lot from them and I really grew. And that was kind of my first initial taste of like what it meant to be a basketball coach. So it was an extremely important piece to this whole puzzle that I've kind of tried to put together up to this point. Uh, but, you know, just being able to be around people that love the game, that care about you as a person, as much as they do as a, as a coach, um, all of that stuff just continued to ignite the fire that I have for, for coaching. And it's gotten me to this point. And so from there, you became the head video coordinator with the uh, Long Island Nets. And if I'm not mistaken, you actually worked with a future Hornets assistant coach now with the Pacers, Ronald Norad. Is that correct? Yeah. So, uh, Ron and I have known each other since college. I played in a small division three school in Indiana while Ron was at Butler university, right. which was right down the road. So I ended up becoming really close with Ron, even back when we were both still playing and, uh, obviously the opportunity to work with him in long Island and then follow him here to Charlotte. And to this day, we're super close friends still. And he's my mentor. Uh, one of my many mentors that I call on all the time for advice and getting to coach against him, even in summer league was really awesome as well. So I'll ask you the same question there, like that one year in Long Island, because I'm sure it helps you today in Greensboro. Like what's what's the biggest takeaway there? You know, the biggest thing there was it was my first um, real experience with professional basketball. And while coaching is coaching and basketball is basketball, there's a huge difference between, you know, coaching at the college level at times and coaching at the professional level, especially in the G League, where there's such a focus on development and growth and and helping these young guys, you know, get to that next level. So, you know, Ron was really, really good at all of that stuff. He was great on the floor. He was a great leader. Um, he's an awesome leader of men and something that you can just take away, um, you know, not just as a basketball coach with X's and O's, but really caring about people. And I know I talk about that a lot, but it's an extremely important piece to kind of my philosophy is just genuinely caring about people. And um, he had the right energy. He built an awesome culture the year I was there in Long Island that was predicated on, growth and, you know, being able to, um, take criticism and, and being able to do all those types of things. And he's also just a, an awesome basketball mind in general. So, uh, lots of things I could take away as I continue to ramble, but no, he, he was a fantastic, uh, a fantastic boss while I was there. And, and again, something that helped me build to kind of where I'm at today. Yeah. So from there, you were brought on to, uh, James Borrego's staff in 2018, and you've been with the organization ever since, how did, how did that come to be going from Long Island to this Charlotte Hornets organization? And, and what was like the enticing factor to make that switch? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was, you know, prior to my opportunity being presented with Charlotte, Ron had actually taken his job with Coach Borrego and the staff. And as much as Ron and I talk, he was very high on Coach Borrego, very high on the organization, um, the excitement that was being brought um, to Charlotte at that point and being able to try to grow um, and build the organization. So, um, you know, once he kind of 
was telling me about all of those cool aspects of it. It was something that I was really excited to um, have an opportunity to interview for as a, as an assistant video coordinator. And when I got here, um, you know, my ability to um, sit down with coach Borrego and really just pick his brain and build a relationship with him was really awesome. He's an unreal individual, again, awesome coach. Um, and, you know, coming from the San Antonio background and those types of things, it was really exciting. And, you know, him and I hit it off right away. And, um, you know, to this day, still have an extremely, you know, good and strong relationship. And, you know, I, I thank him just as much as anybody, again, for the opportunity to continue to help me in my next steps here. And then just thankful for the organization as a whole that I'm still able to be around and, and be a part of something like this. So from there, obviously, you worked your way up to becoming, you know, last season, the head coach for the Greensboro Swarm. I've always wondered this about you and your staff, because it is a G League. How do you guys prioritize like winning versus player development? Because I'm sure there's some kind of balance there. Yeah, you know, I think that's an extremely important piece to it. And as a first year head coach doing it, uh, it opens your eyes a little bit. And there's a lot that you have to take into consideration. But I think the most important piece to all of that is having a strong and direct line of communication with the the front office. You know, Mitch Kupchak, Buzz Peterson, Dave Duquette, Larry Jordan, all of all of the decision makers here in Charlotte. Uh, and, you know, sitting down with them, coming out with a clear plan of what the expectations are in Greensboro. Um, you know, when it comes to individuals looking at players that may spend time there, what their goals are, um, what they're expecting to get out of it um, from their standpoint, and just really just building a plan that's um, based on clarity and understanding. And, you know, this organization does a really, really good job of that. You know, you've seen it in years past, even with the Devontae Grams, the Martin Twins, Jalen McDaniels, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, Kai Jones, JT Thor, James Booknight last year. Um, you know, there's there's been success through this process and something that the organization really believes in. So, you know, just having a, a clear understanding of kind of what the expectations are um, and going from there. And then as a head coach, you know, I'm, I'm a competitor. I'm out there to win every single game. And, you know, the way that we taught it was we think that the idea of development um, is something that coincides with winning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have your learning curves very early on. There's a lot of young guys at that level that are still learning how to play the professional game. Um, but as you go throughout the season, you start to see them develop and grow. And as that happens, you start to see the successes and the victories and the other things that come along with it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, this might be difficult to answer because you're not a player, you're a coach, but how hard do you think it is for a player that's probably expecting to see some minutes in Charlotte and then he's sent to Greensboro and have to kind of readjust his mindset and still play within your team concepts, even if it's just for a handful of games? Like, do you think that like a James Booknight, for example, like he probably was Mm -hmm. expecting to see a little bit more time in Charlotte. How difficult do you think that is? You know, it's it's obviously not an easy thing because everybody wants to be here in Charlotte playing 30 minutes a night. But the reality is with the with the group that we were putting on the floor last year, you know, you have to find opportunities um, wherever you can find them. And for example, uh, someone like a book night, right, his his opportunities for that time were in Greensboro. And those were, you know, direct conversations we had with him. Again, it goes back to the clarity and showing that there's a plan in place um, and. And, you know, guys like that and that want to get better and want to be great, embrace that. And I think you've seen over the last, you know, however many years, not just in this organization, but around the league, that there's been a lot of really good stories of guys who have went and played in the G League for a year or two and now are making, you know, names for themselves night in and night out at the NBA level. So um, it's all about the buy-in, not just from the organization side, but the player side. And, um, you know, for someone like Book, like a Kai Jones or JT, you know, the opportunity to come to Greensboro and play, 30, 35 minutes a night to really grow their game in those minutes to be able to, you know, do the things that we want them to do night in and night out, but then also um, try new things or find things they may not necessarily be as comfortable with doing, you know, on an NBA floor, they have that opportunity to do it in Greensboro with us. So it's a way for them to learn. Um, It's a way for us to continue to teach. And then, you know, the, my goal again, as a head coach in Greensboro is to try to keep things as consistent as what they are in Charlotte. So when book and those guys came last year, the terminology is the same, the things we run offensively and defensively are the same. So it made it very easy for them to transition back and forth and feel comfortable when they're on both floors. Speaking of the terminology, cause you just made me think of a question. How much has it changed from Borrego to, to Clifford? Is it, is it, they always say it's, it's very similar from head coach to head coach, but it, does this feel like a drastic change at all? Uh, no, not necessarily. And that's something, honestly, we're still working through. Right. Um, one thing about coach Clifford, that's awesome is he's, um, willing to learn just as much as anybody else is. So, you know, I think that's one of the things that we found successful in summer league, not just from evaluating players and giving them the opportunity to play, but also looking at, you know, what things we did that we liked and didn't like, and things that we may want to try and things we may want to adjust and tweak. And, you know, he's been in the league long enough now that he's going to have the things that he wants to do night in and night out as well. So it's been a learning curve for all of us, a growing opportunity for all of us. Um, Again, he's been very clear um, and very direct on the kind of the things that he likes and doesn't like. And um, so again, with any new staff, any new coach, there's always going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but with a guy like, you know, Coach Clifford and his ability to communicate. It's been really easy so far. 
Very good. So you had the opportunity to coach in Vegas, like we've been mentioning. You know, I know that the players in Vegas probably are a little bit more talented than maybe uh, overall, like in the G League level. But how did that experience compare to the experience last year in Greensboro? Uh, it was definitely different, but it, it, it felt the same at the same time. I actually told our staff going into our first game that I finally was able to feel how much Greensboro prepared me leading into that first game. Cause there's a lot of coaches that for the first time in their lives, their first opportunity of being a head coach is in summer league. And I had just had the last season of doing it as a head coach, uh, to prepare me for this. So as we went into training camp, as I was able to talk to coach Clifford, uh, preparing practices, what things I want to touch on, how I want to teach things. Um, all of those things I felt way more comfortable in and then getting into the game, even, you know, standing on the sideline, substitution stuff, talking during timeouts, the little things that you really don't think about until you're really in that position, uh, felt a little bit more natural to me, but then, you know, just again, to be able to do it with the level of player and the, and the competition levels and things like that was, was definitely a challenge as well. Um, and just doing it in such a short period of time, it made it fun. You know, you only have about a week to really prepare these guys for games. So, um, you know, picking and choosing what's important and what you prioritize. But again, it's, it was an awesome experience and something I can't thank the organization enough for. I felt like in that two week period, three week period that I was, uh, a part of this, you know, with my staff, we were able to, to really grow, uh, challenge one another. And again, continue to get better, not just from a player standpoint, but from a coach's standpoint as well. All right. So in the episode here, I want to throw a few players your way that you've worked with. And I just kind of want your quick evaluation of that player and what they do best. Let, let's start with sure. JT Thor. Uh, he didn't play a ton in, in Greensboro last year, but you saw him for five games in summer league. I think many people know him as like a defensive first guy, a young, a young guy that has you know plenty of room to grow. But what has been your overall impression of him? Uh, his versatility on both sides of the floor is, is really impressive, like what he's able to do. Um, and it's only the beginning for him. His ceiling is really high. Obviously, you brought up the defensive side of the ball. He can switch. He can defend multiple positions. But offensively, you know, having confidence in his shot and his ability to shoot the ball, uh, his ability to handle it a little bit in the open floor, uh, just his overall versatility, I think, is is really impressive and, and something that's really promising for this organization as we move forward. But, you know, aside from that, you know, JT has been in the gym every single day since summer leagues ended. And he's one of the hardest workers in this organization. You know, he, I think, you know, he sees the opportunity and he's really, really excited for, you know, trying to make a name for himself even more as we go into training camp. And he's putting in the work every day to try to do that. All right. Next, we're going to go to Kai Jones. It was interesting with Kai Jones because the first two games in summer league, he played primarily the four. And then the last three games, he played primarily the five. And I, I personally think he's probably better suited to play the five next to someone that can kind of space the floor. But I guess sure. I, I kind of want your overall like debate on the four versus five, but also just kind of his overall game. Yeah, I, I think, again, Kai's athleticism, his length, um, his spirit and energy um, is a very undervalued thing, uh, even at this level. You know, he raises the level of the energy in the room when he walks every room he walks into. And I think that's awesome. Again, very similar to JT, a very hard worker. Um, and yeah, he can do different things. You know, he wants to expand his game. And, uh, you know, one of the things that you do in summer league is it gives you the opportunity to try new things or to try to see what pieces fit where and with who. Um, so we were able to do that a little bit with Kai, um, as a good example of that even with JT a little bit playing the three, you know, that's not necessarily the position we saw them in last year naturally, but it was a good opportunity for them to, um, you know, expand a little bit in their own sense when they were playing against other competitions. So, um, you know, his ability 
I think as a five to screen appropriately, to put pressure on the rim as a lob threat. Uh, he's one of the most athletic rim runners and transition runners that I've seen in a long time. Um, and I think that's a really, really exciting feature to have with him, whether he's at the four or the five, you know, he can do that in any capacity. Um, and then when you think about the excitement of having a guy like LaMelo ball with the ball in his hands, you know, Kai, um, is a really exciting piece that can add to that defensively. He can protect the rim. Um, he can switch, he can guard, so he can do a little bit of everything as well. Um, and you know, as we, as we get into training camp, whether it's the four, whether it's the fives, wherever it is for Kai, um, that's something we'll continue to evaluate and look at as an organization, just kind of see where he fits best. But again, I think summer league was a really good interpretation of kind of what we were thinking in both worlds. Do you think you'll ever dye your hair teal like him? You know, it's funny. I walked in one day for shoot around before one of our games in Greensboro and it just completely took me by surprise. But, uh, you know, Kai's an awesome kid. And he, like I said, he's got an awesome spirit and is just about as genuine as a person as you'll ever meet. So uh, while I will never do that, I obviously fully support him in whatever color of hair he would like to have. All right. Last two players. Let, let's go with the ro- rookies. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on Bryce McGowan's. Yeah, I thought Bryce was really, really good in training camp um, for us at Summer League. And then obviously, I think we saw some really, really good things for him from a scoring standpoint um, in Vegas. You know, I think that's something he can naturally do. He did it in college, his length, uh, his ability to handle the ball a little bit, to score the ball naturally. You know, those are things he does really well. um, And those are things that he's going to be you know, asked to do in some capacity at some point anyways. So, um, you know, those are things that he brings to the table initially. I think the next steps for him, which again, we, we, we did a little bit of in Vegas is can he handle the ball as a primary point guard? Um, can he get to the paint? And when he gets to the paint, um, his ability to understand when to be a decision maker and when to, uh, make the right read to kick out as opposed to trying to score the ball naturally. And I think that's just something you get as a primary guard. Um, so can you become a playmaker just as much as you are a scorer and then just continuing to understand, um, the defensive concepts and principles that, that we do here. Cause again, they're a little bit different than what you're used to in college, but with his length and, and athleticism and stuff like that, it shouldn't be, you know, he should be able to pick up the defensive side of the ball, um, really quickly. And again, I, I sound like a broken record, but I, it's a credit to the organization. Again, great kid, hard worker. You know, there's there's obviously consistency across the board with these types of character traits. And I think that's really important in this organization as well. But but Bryce shows that just as much as anybody. Yeah. And Mitch must have saw something in him to trade up for him as well. So lastly, we'll go to Mark Williams, the 15th overall pick. I think with any first year player, he's going to have some growing pains. But what skills do you see that are going to be like the most immediate uh, on the NBA level in his rookie season? Yeah, I, I think you can see it from day one at training camp is his naturally natural ability to defend. Um, he protects the rim. Uh, and it's something so much more than just looking at how many block shots he averages a game. Right, the right. amount of sh- the, the amount of contested shots at the rim, the amount of shots that he alters at the rims that that leads to a missed basket, which then leads to transition the other end for us. Stuff that uh, the intangible stuff you don't see on the box score every day, I think, is things that he he does naturally. Offensively, you know, he's going to continue to grow as a roller, um, being able to potentially play make in the pocket to finish around the rim, the back to the basket stuff like that all come with time um, and hard work, which he's going to continue to put in. But just the intangible stuff, obviously, defensively is going to be where you see the biggest impact from him naturally. Uh, but then offensively setting good screens, rolling, putting pressure on the uh, the rim that helps, you know, our weak side. Um, you know, those types of things, I think he does naturally already. He's a great screener. He has a really high IQ, uh, you teach him something one time and he can go out there and do it. 
Um, so it's just, again, the sky's the limit for him as it is the rest of these guys, as long as they keep putting in the work. Is there anything that you saw from him that you might might think turn into be like an underrated skill? Because there's a part of me that wonders if he can kind of develop some short roll passing because you didn't really see that at Duke, but you saw flashes of right. it in Vegas. Yeah, and it's something that we've worked on, and it actually it worked to our favor a little bit in terms of like the development piece because we played two teams in Vegas and Chicago and Minnesota who were a little bit more aggressive in pick and rolls, which means that short roll is more of an availability. Um, for right. bigs to be able to catch the ball there, create advantages and make decisions. So we were able to get some reps of Mark doing that. And I think there's no reason he can't do that. I think he showed glimpses of it. Um, again, he's got the high enough IQ to be able to read things. And those are, those are the types of things, the reads, the passing, the decision-making, those types of things are things we work on every day when we're here, um, even leading up to camp. So yeah, I, I definitely see that as a big piece to that as well. And again, there's all the intangible stuff, but you know, everything he can provide you on both sides of the floor is going to be a lot of value. All right, Jordan, we appreciate your time and uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it.